Good morning. This is Darrell Gunter, your host for Leadership on WSOU 89.5 FM and streaming on the net at WSOU.net. Well, it is the election time of the year, ladies and gentlemen, and we're very pleased to have as our in-studio guest Mr. Tony Mazaki, who is running for the Board of Education in the South Orange Maplewood School District. Tony, welcome to the program. Thanks, Darrell. So, before we get started into your platform, can you share with our audience a little bit about yourself, your education and background? Sure. Well, um, I've lived in Maplewood for about 30 years. I grew up here. I went to uh, Tuscan School, Maplewood Middle School, graduated from Columbia High School a little while ago. And I uh, fell in love with music when I was a, a student here. I became a uh, trombone player and went to the Manhattan School of Music. I got two degrees from there, a bachelor's degree and a master's degree, and um, just wanted to be a performer. And I was lucky enough to perform in Broadway, music, uh, soundtracks, movie soundtracks, um, uh, with some major symphony orchestra. and. Um, uh, never thought I was going to be involved in education. And it just so happens that um, I wanted to move back to uh, Brooklyn from Los Angeles, and I took a job as a middle school band director deep in the heart of Brooklyn. It was a, a Title I school, which means uh, there was about 80% of the students were on free reduced lunch. It was, you know, a rough and tumble school in a lot of ways. And um, I was asked to start a music program from scratch. And I didn't have an education degree. I had no idea what I was doing. And I thought I'd do it for maybe a couple months while I got back on my feet. And uh, I did it for a decade. I fell in love with it. Um, we built a uh, nationally recognized program in uh, this urban setting and uh, ended up teaching teachers around the nation how to do it. And um, I started from a place of having a really low expectation of children. Um, I'm, I'm kind of ashamed to admit that in some ways, but in other ways, um, it was one of the most incredible things that happened to me when I found that these kids from all walks of life, no matter where they came from, were all capable of some unbelievable things. What was the aha moment with, with these children that you had low expectations of that you found that there were jewels in the rough, diamonds in the rough, so to speak? Well, that's a really great question. I remember exactly when it happened. Um, after my first year teaching there, um, I decided uh, that I wanted to go seek out what children around the world sounded like at that age. I, I had a pretty good middle school music experience, but you know it was just okay. And I um, sought out this program that I found in Chicago, actually. And these young students from uh, from Illinois got up on stage and they performed and they sounded exactly like professionals would sound. The most gorgeous sounds, beautiful music, in tune, and it blew my mind. And I grabbed the teacher immediately and I said, what did I just see? I had no idea. And he says, well, tell me a little bit about yourself. And I told him about my background. And he said, hey, man, they're able to do everything you can do. And I'd never thought about that before. And my kids remember when I came back to school the next day, they said, man, you had a crazy look in your eye <laughs> because I said, you guys can do this, all of you. And we rearranged the school 
um, so that these students could be immersed in it and I could uh, tap into all the things that I could do and figure out how to break it down the best way for these students. And, you know, I know that my life has been in the arts, but the arts have a lot to teach us about all the other subjects. Um, I used to think talent was for a select few and there were haves and have-nots. I was wrong. I was wrong about all of it. And these days, brain science has come a long way and disproves it too. And so that was my aha moment. And once you experience that, there's just no going back. So I uh, took a job here in South Orange Maywood when I saw that there was a supervisor of the arts position open. I said, this is, I, I can bring this to the town that I love and I live here again and my children are here. And I got to the schools and um, there wasn't a lot going on, uh, meaning they, uh, in these two creative towns, I was really surprised that there was kind of a disconnect of what was going on in the schools and what was going on in the towns. And I sought to immediately address that um, by uh, expanding the programming. I figured out ways. I said, wow, we start students in fifth grade in music. You know, how can we go K through four? And we started a K through four Suzuki violin program here that was accessible to everybody regardless of socioeconomic status. And then I noticed that we only offered music in the middle schools a, a day and a half, two days a week. And we expanded that to five days a week. And we did that really collaboratively during a time where we were getting pushed with Common Core and all these other state standards. But they experimented with it, and the arts started to flourish here and really kind of seeking to kind of disprove the idea that was pervasive here that some kids played and some didn't. You know, only about 10 to 15 percent of students were involved in instrumental music when I got here. When I got done, it was almost 30, 40. And now, um, you know, we're in a better place. So I had a, uh, I had a wonderful time working here in that regard. But we were starting from... Not a lot. And it was the same deal. You know, it was a mindset issue that these students come in with strength and passion, at least potential passion. And it's our job to do everything we can to make sure we nurture that because we were here at a time where it was really about quantifiable metrics and very narrow ways of uh, determining what success in school was. And it was... Uh, good conversations I always had with my colleagues and the parents and the teachers, and I enjoyed my work here. And so why are you running for the Board of Education position? What is motivating you to run for this? This Really, it's, it's a volunteer role that takes up a lot of time. Well, it's really a continuation of what I was talking about, um, but it just so happens that I accidentally fell into education and then grew into administration and now I'm a uh, associate dean at Montclair State University and these experiences have um, really changed my view of education where it's been where I believe it should go and where it's at now and I believe we're at a tipping point I I think that you know we've heard it before that school has looked the same for about a hundred years and in the last 15 years you know the proliferation of technology and the changing of our world so fast has has really shown a light on how the system really needs to change not needs to slightly adjust that not that we need to chip away this old paradigm that we need to go into a different place 
And I'm very optimistic that we're, we're going there, and I want to help that. I also want to help K through 12 schools to not necessarily operate in such a bubble. You know, at the college level now, I see all of the uh, pressures on K through 12, whether it's standardized testing or narrow metrics. And here we are at the college, and we're starting to not even accept the SAT or the ACT. We care about standardized testing. We know that, you know, these students need far more to succeed in life than that. And I believe that on a policy level, uh, there's a lot to be done there. And my unique skill sets, because of my interesting history, uh, would be an addition. And I am really, really committed to kids. So this seems like, at least in my mind, the logical next step. And so when we think about the current framework of the Board of Education and current policies, um, for you, what are the two or three key themes that if you were to be elected that you would voice over your term? Well, what drives me, the one non-negotiable that I have is that I believe with all of my soul that school should not be a one-size-fits-all, narrow, test-centric structure um, that deprives students of an opportunity to explore their strengths and passion. And we are pretty much there right now. And I believe that talking with my neighbors in the community from all different corners, people are frustrated about school and they're they're really upset for many different reasons as to why it's not working out for very deep reasons. And I think that that is the core of a lot of it. Now, we have some intense problems going on right now. Uh, we hear the words access and equity a lot. There's actually a new policy um, in regards to that. We have um, de facto segregation in our schools. We have um, some staggering numbers of, for instance, um, uh, black students who are enrolled in a four-year college two years after they graduate Columbia High School. I mean, it's less than 50%, while we're talking about 95% of white students. There clearly is an issue here where we need to lift a lot of people up, while at the same time, uh, we need to address uh, uh, cultural competencies in the system. So my uh, point of view is, how do we do all of these things when we have gotten rid of so much in the system as far as curriculum is concerned? How do we um, celebrate students' strengths when we only see them as quantifiable metrics in a very narrow way, right? How do we balance all of these things that we need? Um, and I talked about cultural competency. You know, how do we do that when the system is not really valuing diversity in all of its forms? If we can, for the uh, benefit of our audience, could you define cultural competency? Well, um, I'm not sure my definition is, is the global definition of it, but really it's um, the ability of teachers, administrators, understanding the different backgrounds of all of the children that come into the school. 
uh, there were children that lived in very unique ecosystems when I was in New, New Jersey at, at home. They had, they had certain values. They had certain you know, ways that, that they lived based on their culture. And then they came into school. And I mean, for lack of a better term, it was this authoritarian, you know, white ecosystem. And w not understanding that, you know, asking uh, everybody and or insisting on conformity and compliance was really jarring. And it wasn't as if there were students, especially in my classroom, that uh, were unwilling to do that. It was just such a different uh, cultural uh, makeup in that classroom that was more foreign to them than, let's say, my own kids. And so I see that uh, uh, a bias has a lot to do with it. You know, we talked about mindset, that there are, unfortunately, uh, humans that see uh, young people from different cultures and have lower expectations of them. It's, it's really as simple as that. And as I said, um, I, I was guilty of that in a way when, when I started. Um, it, it pains me to say it, but it's important that, that I recognize that because that certainly is what's going on here. Very good. And so when we talk about um, taking the school system to a different place, what is that different place? <laughs> That's a really good question. Um, so, you know, a lot of people say, well, Tony, you know, this sounds really good, but, you know, what, how are we going to do that? And the first thing I say is, well, let's stop doing what we've been doing. Um, it clearly is not working. So what, and, and again, I want to tell people that I've been working in the public system for 20 years. So while I kind of want to break a lot of this down and reinvent it, I understand the reality of the here and now, and I look for flexibilities, whether it's in state or local code and law, and those are the times where we can really exploit it. For instance, uh, when we changed all the schedule to provide more arts, you know, a lot of people in the middle school were like, Why, what are you talking about, man? We've got to get these test scores up and this, that, or the other thing. I said, look, you're giving everybody two times the math, but the test scores aren't going up two times. So let's try something different. And we did, and by the way, the test scores did fine. There's no data that exists at all that um, the sciences, the arts, the humanities make test scores go down in the tested subjects. So I think to answer your question, where we start is really saying to ourselves as a community, look, we're all coming from so many different places. There is a large creative class in these towns who ironically have done some amazing things in their lives despite even the schooling that they had and say children need this a well-rounded education you know this old term it's coming back to new they need everything and we need to stop narrowing it down and that's it it's not about one versus the other it's about all of it and that's where we start and I think we're going to see a lot of improvement just from doing that because this other way is just simply is not working. Ladies and gentlemen, we are here with Mr. Tony Mazaki, who is running for the South Orange Maplewood Board of Education. And um, you started off, and I wanted to hear more about your family. You have a couple of children? I do. I have two children. Uh, my son 
Uh, Luca is in sixth grade, and my daughter Talia is in second. So they're in the school system. They're in the school system. Beautiful, beautiful. And um, when we talk about uh, your non-negotiable, which I, I have to applaud, uh, because my daughter has been through the school system. She's been through the testing in third and fourth grade, which is like, man, every day there's a test. Um, <clears throat> how can you build a coalition to support your view on the vision as to how it's going to move forward? How will you do that? Share with our voters how you will collaborate with your fellow BOE members. Well, I think that's a really fair question. First of all, um, you know, you you can't get any of this done unless you unless you collaborate. Um, but I've been really energized by how many of our community members have been galvanized around this central theme that we need to rethink um, how we approach human differences and adopt this mindset that differences are not a deficit. Um, we need to assume that every child uh, comes to school with strength, and all that the, that strength might be not be aligned with prescribed standards and expectations. Um, that right there, people agree with. So now, okay, where are we at? Right now, the state is telling us that these metrics are pretty much everything. Are they important? They absolutely are. But let's talk about like. What does a school schedule look like to support that? Let's talk about uh, whether we as a community really feel that a park test is the ultimate um, determinant of a student's success. Because there are other boards of education out there that um, have written resolutions in spirit to tell their communities, hey, we know that we have to take this test right now, which actually you don't. You can't opt out, <laughs> first of all. but this does not define your child. All of these things define your child. And I think it's a really great time for it, too, because we just got rid of uh, uh, federal legislation, No Child Left Behind Act, and we have this new Every Student Succeeds Act, ESSA. And what it does, it's certainly not panacea for all that ails us, and none of those things are, but it allows us as a district and as a state to redefine what a well-rounded education looks like and um, redefine what a, a school report card looks like. And in essence, it, it allows us flexibility in what we see is important in students' lives. And I think that I just want to sit down with everybody and talk about that. I think enough people have been galvanized around that. I think we've cut a lot of programs that work for things that don't work. And I think people are finally ready to sit down and say, let's try something different. I just want to be a voice to that. And um, I haven't heard that on the board. And it really compels me to run. In your opinion, do you feel, as you know, taxes is a big issue here in South Orange Maplewood. Yeah. And the school district, um, I believe, represents half of the, the, the tax bill. Uh, yeah, more. If more. Um, do you feel that there is enough funding for education and that the funds could be reallocated, or do you feel that um, there needs to be more funding for education? 
there absolutely needs to be more funding for for education. Obviously, um, we are in a uh, a really rough time as far as uh, the state aid that we receive, uh, especially in these towns. Uh, we don't have enough rateables to cover that. Um, we certainly need more money. At the same time, um, after uh, staffing and fringe benefits are paid, um, about 25% of the school budget um, is what I believe we need to look at in order to optimize. Uh, can we save fifty dollars to $100,000 here and there? Yeah, I have actually said that we, I think we can. Um, when I worked here, uh, we spent a lot of money on uh, consultants for, for things that I, I questioned. Um, we're certainly an outlier as far as uh, transportation costs and things like that. This is not going to amount to um, a lot, but I believe that we owe it to the taxpayers to optimize every cent of what we spend here. And yes, we do need more uh, funds. Um, but you know, creativity is free. And we learned when I was here that changing around a schedule to provide different things was also cost neutral. So we can't blame everything on the fact we're broke, but um, certainly I'm not gonna sit here and say that we have enough money right now. And so when, when we think about the creativity portion, um, who is in control of that creativity? Um, does it have to come from the Board of Education, from the su superintendent down to the principals? How does change take effect within the school district? Well, I love that question because um, I've seen it and I've, I've lived it. So I was a supervisor K through 12 in the district and I was in a cohort um, of principals, supervisors, assistant superintendents and superintendents. And yes, it filters down from the superintendent on down. Now board members, their one employee under their purview is the superintendent. The superintendent is hired and evaluated by the Board of Education. Um, without a superintendent to run the ship, uh, who's effective, none of the stuff that you and I are talking about is possible. I can scream from the mountaintops what I believe as a board member, but without effective leadership, we'll never have it. And that's really been a problem in our towns. We've had about four superintendents in the last five years in the SOMSD, and right now, is really a tipping point. We need to find um, a leader out there who is ready to tackle all the w issues we have. And that's where I feel like I can be of help because not only am I an educational leader right now, I've worked within the district. I understand how the mechanics work. Um, I've been outspoken over the last few years when I've seen some things going a little awry that I thought should not. Um, and so, um, yeah, to your point, the superintendent is the one from the top down that's able to do that with the board effectively pushing and supporting along the way. That's uh, what I believe a board should do, push and support. And the more a board knows about how it works, the better they're able to do that. What has happened that this school district has had four or five superintendents or four or whatever the number is? the mini number over the last few years? Is it because they didn't like the work environment? Um, this is a, a proving ground that people say, oh, well, let's grab this South Orange Maplewood superintendents because they really deal with some significant issues, so we'll steal them. What, what has been the common thread as to why we've lost these folks over the last few years? Because change costs money. Yeah, you're right. Um, 
It's a good and a fair question, and I think that um, the honest answer is a few things. Um, we've had superintendents who in the past maybe, or even administrators who are resume builders and looking to move on. Uh, we have superintendents who get burnt out. Uh, we had a cap on superintendent pay for a couple of years, and that affected our ability to recruit. I don't think it affected our ability to recruit somebody uh, great, because we didn't, but I, I had to say that that is a piece of it. Um, but you know, we're about to enter a time where there is no cap, where the potential is high. Um, we have these two incredibly unique towns that I see is ripe for someone who wants to come in here and really provide something different and excellent and get what the best of all these towns together. I mean, this is it. Ladies and gentlemen, we are here with Mr. Tony Mazzocchi, who is running for the Board of Education in the South Orange Maplewood School District. And uh, we have a few minutes left, and um, I wanted to allow you the opportunity to share some heartfelt thoughts about your candidacy and why folks should vote for you. Well, that's always the toughest question to, <laughs> to answer, you know, because I don't like to toot my own horn, uh, no pun intended. But, you know, I think that a successful board of nine people can be very successful with a diversity of thought and a diversity of background and diversity of experience. And in these two towns, um, right now, we only have, uh, we have a few educators on the board, very few. Um, educational administrators uh, don't exist on the board. Artists and musicians um, and people who have really been in there. They all care. They're all really fantastic people. I know it's election season. It's been really tough. These are good people. But we need diversity of thought on this board right now more than ever because things are changing. And like I said, um, I've been in the system now. I've been in the system on many levels, whether it's a, as a parent, as a student, as a teacher, as an administrator, and now as a college dean. And I would not be running for Board of Ed if I did not feel like my point of view uh, was one that should be heard, should be discussed. And then when we vote as a board as a whole, we know that we've kind of hit all the angles. Um, I've been desperate for that around here, and I, I feel compelled to run because of that. One other thing <coughs> I wanted to bring up. Um, earlier this year, I had a, a high school and from Newark, the principal and one of his teachers, and one of their specialties is working with kids with autism. Uh huh. And um, I was a friend of mine who had children who had particular health issues actually moved out of the school district because they felt that South Orange Maplewood School District was not really providing the level of support that, that they felt that, that they needed. Yes. Um, what, what are your thoughts about um, folks with have children who have special needs and the support that they should receive? Well, I've spent a lot of time um, speaking uh, to those parents. Um, specifically, we have a, a special education parent advisory uh, council here, um, and I've had the pleasure of really talking to them. And of course, my friends 
with uh, students with special needs. Um, there are some uh, students, I should say many students, who actually do need um, you know, education beyond our school walls for a lot of different reasons. But there are many who I think the question must be asked, not only uh, with these students who leave the district, but for any students who leave the district for a lot of different reasons. Um, why? Let's look at what the schools are doing, where they're going, and let's look at how we can build these programs here from the ground up to not bring people back necessarily, all that that'd be nice, but to keep people here. We need to ask those questions, and we also need to make sure that our administrative mechanisms are in place to be able to do it because there are too many parents that I've heard from all over that have been really dissatisfied with, uh, with the administration. I think that really goes back to our leadership vacuum that's been here with all the turnover. Um, so it's a great question, and every single student that must go somewhere else, we need to figure out why and do our best to try to start creating that programming here. Well, very good. Well, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we are here with Mr. Tony Mazzocchi, who is running for Board of Education for the Maplewood, South Orange Maplewood School District. Tony, I want to thank you for coming on the program to share your views on your candidacy for the Board of Education position. Thank you. Thank you, Darrell. Appreciate it. You're very welcome. November 7th, ladies and gentlemen, please get out and vote. Um, that wraps it up for this weekend on Leadership with Darrell Gunter. Remember, if you miss any part of this broadcast, you can go to iTunes U, look at the podcast, Seton Hall University, Leadership with Darrell Gunter, and you can hear this show and the other 200 shows that we have on Leadership with Darrell Gunter. I want to wish you a very happy weekend, and remember, leadership begins with you. Have a great weekend. This is WSOU 89.5 FM and streaming on the net at WSOU.net.